show it. Come on. Don't be, don't be shy. We all, thank you, Connie McKnight. We all had to get our picture taken, right? I looked for my ID card from way back in the 90s, and I think it broke because I couldn't find it. But I do have one from um, 2008 when I started here as a staff person. I had to that very first day go and get my picture taken. And what does this card do for us? It does a lot, actually. It gives us access to our entire community. It lets you into your residence hall so you can go and have a place to sleep. It allows you into Sodexo so you can eat. There might even be some money on here where you can get your coffee every single day to bring you comfort and warmth and calm before you go into class. And it may even, for some of you, we have a thing called a library. Um, it's right across right across the loop. You can go in there, and if you wanted to actually check out a book, which is a paper, it's bound, um, that's where they have those, over there in the library. So that's what this card can do. It gives you access to this community. <laughs> do you know what a library is? I don't know. This card, it gives us a place in the community where we can move around, because it's strange, right, when you have somebody off campus come, that wants to eat with you, and you get up to Sodexo, and you go, oh, you don't have a car. <laughs> Sorry. You, they don't take cash. Uh, so it's a little bit awkward, right? If you don't have a car, then you can't get in to these places that we've designed because you are a member of the Whitworth community. In this text this morning, Jesus is talking all about access. And I'm so grateful to my friend and preacher and teacher, Mary from Calvin College that helped me to think about the connection of our text this morning in John 10 to John 9. So what's happening in John 9 is that Jesus comes upon this man that was born blind, and he picks up some dirt, and he spits in it, and he rubs it on this man's eyes, and he tells him to go and wash. And the man does, and he washes the dirt from his eyes, and he opens his eyes, and he can see his whole life, he has been blind. If you were blind during this time, you were an outcast. You didn't have the same luxuries as somebody that was healthy. You were most likely not working. You didn't have an ability to even have a job. You most likely weren't married. You didn't have a family. Most blind people at this time were beggars on the streets. So what happens are the religious leaders, they come and they, this man says that I was blind my whole life and now I see. And the religious leaders say, whoa, 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 where's your card? Because the religious leaders at this point said, if you are a sinner, which the blind man clearly was a sinner, you have no access to God. The religious leaders were the ones that had the access to God. So this wasn't making any sense that suddenly he's saying that, he was healed. So they said, who did this to you? And he said, well, there was a guy that came and told me to put this dirt and I washed and now, or maybe he was a prophet. They said, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. And then they went and got his parents and they said, do you have a card? And they said, no, we don't have a card, but that's our son. And he was blind and now he sees. And, and the religious leaders are so frustrated 
what is going on? And they end up throwing him out. And Jesus comes and he finds him. And he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the blind man who now can see says, who is that, Lord? And he says, it is me. I am. And the blind man fell to his knees. And he's crying and he says, I believe. And he begins to worship the Lord. And he has this encounter with the living God. And all the religious leaders are being totally thrown off. Because not only is Jesus healed on the Sabbath, but he didn't have a card. I'm so glad that we no longer live in a time where we have religious leaders trying to convince us to be like them in order to get access to God. Aren't you? I'm so glad that we no longer live in a time where religious and political leaders are telling us to vote like them, to spend money like them, to pray like them, because if you could just be like them, you would have access to God. My friends, if anyone tells you to be like them in order to get closer to God, Jesus is saying this morning that they are robbers and thieves. They are false prophets. So in light of this struggle of how do we get in and who is out and who's on the fringe and who is close to God, Jesus gives us this text this morning. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and life abundantly. Okay, I am the gate. What is it? I don't, what, what? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I am the gate, Jesus? Not totally sure. Well, here's an image to help us understand this. So it was pretty common for shepherds to move around in ancient Israel, and they all had their own flock. And this was a typical type of cave that they would put the sheep in. They were not owned by anyone any in particular. It was common custom to have these built-in caves, and so they would push the sheep in, and where the opening is is where the shepherd would sleep. So the shepherd not only moves the flock, but also is the gate that protects the flock at night. So Jesus is saying that if a thief tried to come in, they wouldn't be able to hold the sheep and jump the fence because there was someone protecting the gate. I am the gate, he says. And if you enter by me, you can throw the text back up there, Brendan. If you enter by this gate, three things are going to happen, he says. Whoever enters by me will be saved, will be able to come and go, and will find pasture. Three things. Whoever enters by me will be saved. And this is not like, woo, I made it. Free ticket out of hell. I am saved. I am good to go. 
That is not what Jesus is saying here. I am saved is a connection to the entire Hebraic scriptures in which he is saying, the God Almighty and King of the world, the creator of the universe, has brought you in that you may know him, that you, a child of God, a sheep in his flock, are loved and well known and understood. You are saved into a life of abundance. And the second thing he says, says you can come in and come out. And this, again, is this idiom. It comes from Psalm 21, and you'll find it throughout Old Testament scriptures in which in your coming and your going, in your waking and your sleeping, we have a God that's saying, we want you to he wants you to live this abundant life in which he cares about the details of where you go. He cares about all of the intricacies of your life. He wants you to be able to come and to go. And that the focus is on his voice and not around the circumstances. I find so often that I keep hearing students saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, 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 where am I going? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this is going to work. And there's this high level of anxiety because what we do and all of us have done this at some times, is that we live on this roller coaster of circumstances, right? When things are really good, when my status is looking nice, when I've got a really sweet picture up there, God is good, right? And when things start to tank, or when I make a bad choice, and people find out about it, and there's things that are going on and are being disrupted, I'm publicly humiliated, where is God in the midst of this? We ride this wave of circumstances. And the call that Jesus is trying to say is that it's not about the circumstances. It's about, do you trust me? He said to the blind man, do you believe I am the son of man? Yes, because he had an encounter. And things began to change. The circumstances of his life started to fade. And he became close to the son of God, the living God Almighty, how are you doing with the circumstances of your life? Are those circumstances much louder than the voice of the great shepherd? Because the third thing that he invites you to find, if you follow the voice, is pasture. It's interesting. I have this vision in my life of, or this idea, whenever we think of Greek pastures and sheep that are these beautiful flowing green pastures but in ancient Israel it was actually very rocky and it was a rough terrain so the work of the shepherd all day long was to find a spot for them to go to eat that day and sheep were not very smart they were full-time nibblers they had their head down they weren't looking they were just eating 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 trying to get to the next spot and I'm sure a few of them, once they hit a rocky terrain or had a mountain that they had to climb, they've probably whined quite a bit. And the shepherd's saying, would you hold on? I've got some food up here for you. And I've got a place for you to sleep. Follow my voice and I will guide you. I know this hill is tough, but follow the voice and I will lead you. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There is a pasture prepared for you if you follow him. I am the gate. If you go through the gate, you will be saved. And you will live a life in which you can come in and come out. And you will find pasture. And then he said, because those things lead to abundant life. Abundant life is not about praying or working or strategizing all the details of my life. Will I get into med school? Will I pass the GRE? Will I ever find a spouse? What if I've never had a date in my life? I'm doomed. How is this all going to work? I have to have my card to get in. Our culture keeps telling us you have to work harder in order to find God. And Jesus is saying that is not abundant life. Abundant life is not following somebody else's steps so they can get you close to God. Abundant life is being close to God. My friends, go and leave this place listening for the voice of Jesus the Christ, the great shepherd who is leading us into places where we will find pasture and abundant life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you deep, deep peace. And all of God's children said together, amen. Go in peace.